Welcome to Real Money Talks, how to make money, manage money, and invest money. Your Real Money Talks host, Laurel Langmire, gets straight to the point about what it actually takes to make money and build lasting wealth in today's changing economic climate. If you're ready to get the financial results you've always dreamed of, keep listening. Real Money Talks is the right place for you. And now here's your host, Laurel Langmire. This is Laurel, and you're back at Laurel's Real Money Talks, where we're talking about how to make money, keep money, and invest money with the team. And I have a great new team member, and uh, she and I know are going to be good friends coming soon. She's actually in, I would say, in the vicinity. So I'm here at the Little Lake on uh, Lake Tahoe, and she's actually in Reno, and we're doing this awesome event next week. Um, and for any of you that want to know more about her events, you can go to, like, on all my podcasts, you go to asklaurel.com. Put in your name, your phone number, your email, and then just say, hey, I want to talk to that Jennifer Baker girl. Um, and she's awesome. So uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about you. Thanks for having me, Laurel. This is such an honor to be here and hang out with you. This is such a beautiful area. If you've never been to Lake Tahoe, you have to come up here. You have to see her co-working spaces. You have to spend some time with Laurel. That's all I can say. It's been an awesome day spending the afternoon with her. Um, By trade, I have been a business development expert for about the last 22 years. I've worked in the gaming industry, corporate turnaround work, and my most favorite is doing small business seminars. I absolutely love doing the small business seminars Mm -hmm. over doing the corporate turnarounds. I tell them all the time, come to me at a low cost and come to my seminars, learn everything you need to know, because you certainly don't want to pay me for the mistakes that you make on the other side of the turnaround. That's true. So let's talk about, um, I know you have some really good stories on some of the casinos and stuff we're going to talk about in a minute, but um, what are some of the mistakes just people in general make from what your experience? I mean, you've done thousands and thousands having been, you know, great connection with constant contact and not only for marketing, but you know, strategy, emotional intelligence. So what are some of the mistakes just straight out the gate that people just don't think about and they need to do? Probably the most common mistake, and you know this, is planning to fit, like failing to plan anything. They have no idea. They just hang their sign and they think they can just get started. So the marketing business development side, um, a lot of people think if you hang a sign, people just show up to your door and, wow, that's just awesome. It doesn't happen. So understanding that before you get started opening your doors, you need to start marketing. You need to pre-sell. You know, Laurel, your husband didn't walk right up to you the very first day and say, hi, I'm going to marry you. I think he would have freaked out and probably ran. He was close though. Day two, <laughs> day two, he said, I'm not going to be a client. I'm going to marry you. And I thought, oh, oh no. He had to stalk me for a long time. But, right. Yeah. Well, you, you gave some pushback, right? Everyone gives pushback. So a lot of business owners will open their doors and think they need to start marketing after they start their business or right mm-hmm. before they start. You need to plan six months in advance before you open a business, For in my mind, to get your strategy set up correctly, to figure out who your target market is, to figure out how you're going to reach that target market, and get the SEO, all of the different tools in place before you even open your business. How do you have a grand opening an effective grand opening if you don't plan it effectively. So it's a big deal for me. That's the biggest mistake I see in my startup world when I do a lot of the mm-hmm. seminars for startups and even for regular businesses. They started at one point, they just never got their bearings and they didn't understand the difference between marketing and business development is a huge um, so, conversation. So as I well. want you to go further into that then. Because this is, <laughs> yeah. So what is so in your in your experience with it? 
Um, because I, what I know when I teach, I, I can get you to sales in a couple hours. Right. Now, there still has to be a whole plan around it. And I'm going to get you to pre-sell something. In fact, I have a podcast that's, uh, you know, build it. I guarantee they're not coming. You know, like you said. Oh, nice. <laughs> I don't think I've heard that one. I have to go back <laughs> and check one. it. Yeah, I guarantee they're not coming just because you open your door. But if you pre-sell and start being out there, so to me, that's that same period. I use different words for it of what are you even selling? And if people aren't buying, they're not coming. I mean, you're not going to get a business. So define that even more. Like, what are some of the steps and things? Um, and I love that you said pre-sales right off the bat because that's my favorite strategy is see if anybody wants to buy what you got. And God, so many people don't. I will work with a small business owner. I'll show them how to do surveys out into their target market. I teach them how to go out onto the social media area and actually send surveys out to different groups, different associations, and get the feedback they're looking for long before they even start their strategy because that is the number one mistake all businesses make is they forget who their target market is or never figured it out in the first place. And even if they do know who it is, they tend to irritate their base on a regular basis. So it drives me crazy when you do a change in the business. And, and I'll give you the perfect example. And I'm sure you'll agree with me. Mm -hmm. When you walk in a grocery store and they've rearranged the grocery store to make you start walking the grocery store and spend more time in the grocery store or the Microsoft goes into the next generation of whatever it is. You know, the last time Microsoft upgraded, I think it was back in 2013, I said, I've had enough, I'm going to Mac. Funny little thing like that. They lost me as a customer for life. I'll never go back the other direction. But I resented <laughs> going to Mac because I was a Microsoft user. Yeah. So I was in love with doing Microsoft. I was willing to go through the steps and the processes. But when they tweaked it too much, I said, I've had enough, I'm out. And they lost me for life. Think about that in your business. If you have a base of people that are paying your bills every single month like clockwork and you're out pitching promos and coupons on Groupon and Living Social and all of these other programs and giving brand new people a better discount than the people that are already paying you, if you think you're not slapping your base in the face on a regular basis, you are. The other side of it is mm. if you forget to ask them, hey, if I change this or if I tweak this service and you haven't asked the question, and you tweak the service and you lose the base, what are you doing? Why That's are good. you irritating your exact target market, the people who actually love you, care about you, and want to do something to, to feed your family? So go, I love, I love that you love surveying because I survey as well. Um, but you just reminded me I need to do a little more, more. So do you use like SurveyMonkey? What are some of the tools you use? What advice would you give people that are just hearing like, oh, that's a great idea? What are some, just go down that little tentacle for a moment. What is, uh, what makes a good survey? Sure. So I have in the past, I, I have used SurveyMonkey. I like it. It's okay. I actually like to create my own through Constant Contacts tool. Oh, it's, good. you know, I'm giving a plug to yeah. some of the tools that I use. I do use Infusionsoft. I use all kinds of different products, but, um, Constant Contact has a private tool that actually goes straight into your database, so I'm a big fan of that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and then you can see which clients on your database filled out which survey and what they said, and it's all right there in your and database. Some, and Salesforce does the same thing. Salesforce has a really good one. And there's got to be some strategy in designing a survey. So how do you do that? Like what are some few tips on what to pay attention for? Sure. Don't don't ask too many questions. Get to the point. Uh, that's the most important. Um, ask three questions at the most. I'm a really big fan of polls. The problem is you don't get enough information out of them. So treat it like a poll. 
Treat it like a one or two question poll and then give them plenty of space to give you all the feedback they'd ever want to give you. So a lot of these programs will limit you to like 50 word responses. I'm all about give them 750 word response space Mm. because here's the thing. If you're targeting your exact base that are already paying you, please let them give you any feedback they want to give you. If they're in love with you and they say, I'm your best fan, you turn them into an affiliate. If they hate what you're doing and they've got a couple of complications, but they know there's nothing else in the world out there they can work with, then you need to know that. So you know that you're irritating. And the only reason they're staying with you is because there's nothing else out there in competition with you yet. Yet, yet. is the key word. So if, if they have an irritation, you know, they're looking and if they haven't started looking, they just haven't stubbed their toe enough yet. Interesting. All right. So survey in the beginning, get pre-sales, get enough marketing runway, we'll call it before you get going. Talk, I'm going to switch you over because uh, we'll have to have you back and just say a little series. <laughs> I told earlier I'm done, starting a whole series on cannabis and that whole economics is going to be so interesting. Uh, the tentacles of that are extraordinary. Um, so let's switch over to another big you know, topic that's near and dear, which is emotional intelligence. And how do you include that in your business development in that conversation of you know, starting up and transitioning? I learned the words emotional intelligence years after I started using it. Imagine that, about 20 years after I started using it. When I was a gaming executive, I I think I shared this with you and I'll share it with the audience. I love to chase a challenge. I am so encouraged by challenges. I love it. I think it's so much fun. I get lit on fire, like I can light my hair on fire and run like crazy to go do (laughs) any challenge you give me. But if you make me compete against a human being, I won't. It's just not my nature. I don't like it. So my thing when I was young and aggressive, I wanted to be the best at being the best executive I could be for the companies I worked for. I wanted to be the number one. I wanted to be the one that got the pats on the back, especially as a young executive female, attractive. It doesn't hurt to have a really good brain behind you and be recognized for really kicking ass. Let's be honest. I hope that's okay to say that. That's totally good. um, In in (laughs) my world, when you're really young, I was was in my 20s when they, young 20s, when they gave me my first executive position. So... It was because I worked so hard and I did so much for them. They gave me so much additional responsibilities. Every time I turned around, they were going, can we just give you this also? Hey, great. Good job. Can you do this? And that was, for me, it was really important. Um, One of it was I learned to say, yeah, I can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't, and, and I would say, can you give me some pointers first? I wasn't afraid to say, hey, listen, I don't know it. But I, the last thing yeah. in the world anyone wants to hear is, yeah, I don't really know if I can do that. that those aren't words that, that an executive wants to hear a newbie coming into the world say. Yep. So if you're young and you're aggressive and you're out in the world trying to figure things out, be the first one to say, you know, I don't know the answers. If you can guide me a little bit, I can take it and run with it and I'll make it effective. Those are things that young college students need to hear. And I did that. And, and then it was, yeah, I can figure things out oh my gosh, I can do whatever it is they're asking me to do. I just have to ask the right people. So then it was that relationship, emotional intelligence of actually getting along with people and getting them to want to help you. Mm-hmm. You know, they, I, I've always heard the sayings of it's not what you know, it's who you know. It's actually not. Because I can tell you, I know lots and lots of people that have lots and lots of database names in their Rolodex. And I promise you, if they were moving or they were having a challenge in their business or they were doing something, Mm -hmm. they couldn't pick up the phone and get anyone to show up to help them. In my case, (laughs) I was always doing more for others than they had asked of me. I was always trying to be the one that paid it forward. So if I ever, God forbid, needed something from them, I could ask and they would be there for me. That's emotional intelligence. It's the most basic things 
that you realize are creating success in your life, but you don't put a title to it. So EI for me is much more than just getting along. It's, it's treating people the right way. It's integrity. It's, it's all of it. And that's really what I think made me the most exec, um, successful executive. I was at the time um, one of the first executives in, at my age group ever in the gaming industry. So that was big deal being the young girl. Yeah. And, and so that emotional intelligence from that time I bring mm -hmm. to the small business owners who don't understand how important it is to, again, relate to your customers, understand your customers, care about your customers. You know, that's a, that's a whole different conversation we can talk deep in depth about. Mm -hmm. But when you don't ask your customers questions, when you're not constantly reaching out to them, telling them how much you appreciate them, they tend not to show up again. It's funny like that. Um, realtors are a perfect example. You know, they'll say, oh, my next door neighbor put a different person's sign up. Well, gee, I wonder why. You're their next door neighbor. How did you not relate to them well enough? Mm, that's why were you not the first one to th be thought of yeah. when it came time for selling? Well, and so EI also, less emotional intelligence for those of you that that conversation's new. Um, and it is a just a, a very enriching and necessary conversation. It is. But you had mentioned, I want you to tell at least one of your turnaround stories that, you know, using emotional intelligence um, and plus just having a marketing brain, which I think every executive's got to have. Um, tell some of the most interesting, at least one, tell one because of our timing today, but tell one of your best turnaround stories. Oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> my most successful, and I can't use the company's name because I think they're about to become a client again. <laughs> um, one of my most successful turnarounds I've done was a tech company, and it's a very, very important tech company in the world. Fortunately, they have no competition at all. And how do you have a company that is helping to set rates in the world in a specific industry and you are the only software company in the world that does this one specific thing cool. and yet you end up in serious financial trouble every few years i walked into the company um, being hired to help them get elected they knew i do political consulting and the guy said oh i want you to run a you know a, like a sales campaign and i want you to make my guys look like they're getting elected and i brought the whole team in interviewed them here in nevada they all flew into nevada to come sit with me and and i met all of them at dinner and listen to them talk and the next morning I slid my retainer back to the owner and said you know I really appreciate you um, being interested in working with me but I really can't do what you think you want me to do so I think we're, we're probably just going to have to part ways wish you the very best and he was like what you fired me before we even started yeah. and I said yeah it, it I can't I can't run a fun campaign with these guys first of all they're ineffective and if you continue working with them your company will close and I find it amazing that you're the only game in the world that does what you're doing. So he uh, said, what, what will it take? I said, all of them. We're just going to have to turn your company all the way around. You're going to probably have to let go of your whole staff. And fortunately, within six months, we had turned the company from a $450,000 bleed per year. We wow. made them $6 million profitable in less than five and a half months. Wow. So it was a lot of fun. That was my big claim to fame for the tech world. That's really good. And when you're dealing with emotional intelligence and tech guys, in case you're wondering, that's part of what yeah. I did. They didn't understand that your uh, service guys and your sales guys actually had to relate to their clients that they were trying and to, to reach other. out to. And oh, to and other. to each other. Yeah, they didn't yeah. play nicely in the sandbox either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jennifer, I hate to uh, end us, but we got to go. And uh, I'm going to bring you back. And uh, those of you that have enjoyed our conversation, again, go to asklaurel.com and uh, put in your name, phone number, and email and just say, hey, I want more conversation with Jennifer. Be really specific, right? Survey back and say, I want the, that emotional intelligence conversation or more detail in surveying or more detail in turnarounds. So she's brilliant, got a big brain and lots to say. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, you've been 
at Laurel's Row Money Talks. And again, if you uh, have any conversations you want to have, you communicate through Ask Laurel. And once a month, we come live and answer thousands and thousands of your questions. And uh, we send them off to our team on a daily basis so we can support you at all times. So take care. Have an amazing day. We'll be back on uh, Laurel's Row Money Talks soon. Thank you for joining Laurel for this segment of Real Money Talks, how to make money, manage money, and invest money. To continue this new conversation and to find free resources to support your wealth creation, visit asklaurel.com forward slash podcast gifts. That's A-S-K-L-O-R-A-L dot com forward slash podcast gifts. Thanks for listening and join us again soon. New episodes are released every week.